Asma University here. We were holding a, a discussion about artificial intelligence at, at Strathmore University. And I said this, I said I'm a disruptive thinker. And I said, okay, you are IT experts. Who's IT? You are Spanner boys and Spanner girls for Google. Yeah, because you are not in control of the technology. So you may be doing things, you have said, oh, cloud, cloud, cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Who's cloud? Are you in control of the cloud? Today we are all on web, uh, website, website. Whose website? Who is controlling that website? A church here can be turned off like this. So, in order, and this is the pan-Africanism that I'm talking about, let us appropriate that technology and begin to control it from Accra. The Chinese have done that. Weibo. TikTok. But we have not. We are still gleefully in Google. Your Google. Cloud. You can be switched off like this. My Twitter account. That's not your Twitter account. Elon Musk sitting in Seattle can do it like this and you're finished. <laughs> but what our IT at the university, I want to hear that there is a collaboration. Because right now, Professor, you know, within East Africa we have university, you vice chancellors meet, both in Kenya and in East Africa. In West Africa it's the same. I want to hear that one of the things you are talking about now is IT. Because we are going into the fourth industrial revolution, the fifth industrial revolution, and we are talking artificial intelligence. But are we in control? Are we in control of the drone technology? We are just consumers without being in control. And curiously, I look at what is happening. China, for whatever it is worth, the only media that I watch, I watch <laughs> faithfully, is CGTN and CNC to just understand within 30 years these fellows have done marvel you know in my ethnic group some people come from my ethnic group if you had a shirt called Japan Japan not no, Japan which was Japan <laughs> it, it was the cheapest quality from Japan then if I said ah your shirt is Korea it means it was from Korea. That is in the textile industry. When I was alive, there was a time when the radio that we used and knew was Grundig. Today, tell me where there is Grundig. Nokia came, Samsung came. Look at what the Koreans have done. Look at what the Vietnamese. Vietnam by next year is going to produce more coffee than Kenya and Uganda combined. Vietnam. I tell people sometimes morbidly, look at your undergarments. They are made in Vietnam. <laughs> and when you go to eat today, look at your toothpicks. So, this is particularly, as I conclude answering that question, is in this area of artificial technology, really we must take charge. If we don't take charge, because... There is no going back. The only question, who is in control? The, the, the Indians now are amazing. You go to India and you see what is happening at Indian University, both in that sector, because technology is controlling everything. It is medical sector, it is agriculture. Look at the patents that are being issued in Israel, little Israel. Israel registers more patents than all African countries combined, little Israel. 
critics on critical things. And I think my own view is that we must keep on trying. Sometimes we judge ourselves too quickly and too harshly. Because if you look at the history of many African countries, some are very young in, in terms of trying to, to, uh, to domesticate, if you may. And I'm using the word domesticate very guardedly because there is a sense in which certain areas and certain, uh, 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 certain knowledge is universal. The laws of physics don't change because you are in Africa. But there is a sense in which when you implement physics, they can be applied to address specific issues. So when we are talking about decolonization, we are talking about the sensitivity of curricular articulation and implementation to the realities on the ground. Take, for example, agriculture. We now know that Africa is losing her seeds in the area of agriculture. We don't control what we eat. And we know that there is a conspiracy through monopolies such as Tingenta and, 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 and Monsanto. And they are present in Africa. You have the one-acre farm. They are everywhere. They are to be found everywhere. Can't we, when we are crediting our faculties of agriculture, make demands of them? That one of the things that we are not going to do is to allow genetic manipulation in a particular direction. The Russians are doing it. The Chinese are doing it to a certain extent. The Vietnamese are doing it. So that if you go to a faculty of agriculture and our research institutes, they are also informed by that reality. Right now you know, for example, in agriculture, Norway has the largest storage or concentration of seeds in the world. As I speak now, in the next two years, China is going to overtake, is going to overtake Ghana, Togo, and La Côte d'Ivoire in coffee production. Fact. I think Malaysia has already overtaken Nigeria. So, I'm saying that in those specific areas, it is you, the academics, you are vice chancellors. Why do you sometimes sell yourselves short? Keep on making noise. Keep on making noise. Don't surrender. Don't think, don't think that you have not achieved them. It's chipping it slowly by slowly. And I think that regulators, and there are regulators here, who in that specific area of agriculture you can now begin to inform. Look at the area of management. It, it, there is nothing that, that annoys me most. I don't know whether there are accountants here. <clears throat> if there are accountants here, you hear at the end of every meeting that we have read your books, they are now conform with universal standards. Who's universal standards? <laughs> Why can't we have, when we are looking at specifics, that they are African standards, with certain standards which are peculiar to Ghana, even when we talk about universality, because business is different. But African governments have their books, of accounts being examined by Price, Cooper, and Waterhouse, Deloitte and Tush, Ernest and Young. Not Boateng and Boateng. <laughs> if Boateng and Boateng formed an accountancy firm, they will get no work. Immediately they go to Ernest and Young, they get work. Low self-esteem. 
So in a nutshell, Professor, what I'm saying is that this is work in progress. And I think that something is beginning to happen even in, 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 in East Africa and can now see people are coming together through research institutions. And what we must do is to finance this thing. Part of our problem is financing. You remember, for example, in the health sector, in 2001 in Abuja, African countries say we are going to spend at least 5% of our budgets, not GDP, budget, in financing health. Which countries ever did it? Rwanda and Mauritius and Botswana at 3%. The rest, they don't even pay. So how are academics going to engage in research? In many of your universities now, I was talking to a Nigerian professor just after the Asut strikes, for example. They lost 600 medical personnel. 600. As freshly baked graduates going into Australia and Canada after you trained them, they just walk into the theater there and begin work. Meanwhile, Maternal mortality is alive and well. All the diseases that we thought we had eliminated are coming back. So, Professor, I think it's not going to be easy because, number one, because of the quality of politicians we elect. Yeah, that is, our problem is actually that. I was listening yesterday to, no, just this morning, to a Chinese official. And I know I said we can never catch up. The man is talking about the games, that the Asian games that I think are commencing next week. There are 44 facilities. And they are thinking how those facilities are going to be utilized after the games are over. And they are thinking about linking them to institutions for sustainability. I want you for two seconds to think about home own African country. What do we do with them? What do we do with those facilities? Zero. Very few, except in South Africa, in certain areas, South Africa tries to do a good job. Mauritius tries to do a good job. A few African countries. Rwanda is doing a very good job with their basketball, uh, their basketball uh, pitch, which they are now using. So there is a sense. So it is not, it's not all gloom and doom. You know, sometimes we don't give positive examples. Those of you who are from South Africa, for example, will remember that, that, that South African institutions are the ones that are doing better than everybody else because they had a firm foundation. And, and there is something I forgot to mention. I'm overextending my answer. But education is so important. How many of you remember, for example, the 1976 Soweto massacres? It was about education. How do you train people? In what language? The Cameroon massacres about the use of English and the use of French. So it can't be done, Professor. And I now, as I grow older, in my younger days, I used to misguide myself that uh, everything would happen in my lifetime. I now know better. <laughs> I now know that mine is to play my part. And once you play your part, that's the best you can do. And the other thing we must do as Africans is to document. We don't document things. So that your good ideas, they just disappear. But this fellow, these other civilizations, what they have done very well is documentation, document. The mortality rate of journals in African universities is without comparison. 
If a journal survives for three years, then you hold the party. <laughs> Thank you very much. the 
Thank you.